Welcome back to Do You Follow Podcast. This is episode 50. 50. That's like, we're over the hill. It's a milestone. <laughs> oh, if we weren't in isolation, I would go out to Party City and get like those over the hill like Mylar. Yes, we'll have to us. do that when we can see each other in person again. <laughs> yeah, miss miss you. I know, miss you, Rach. Um, I'm very excited because we have a special guest today, someone who is a second time guest, Thomas Rankin, CEO of Dash Hudson. Welcome back to the podcast. Thanks, guys. It's so good to see you again. I know, I know. You also have a special guest next to you. Your daughter, daughter Isla, is with us today. Hi, Isla. Hi. Welcome to the show. Hi. You're our first kid guest, too. How cool is that? <laughs> We're going to talk about what Isla is doing in quarantine, which is actually related to social media. But before we get into that, Thomas, for those of our listeners who don't know who you are, which is crazy at this point since we it's talk all about we you talk on about. pretty much every episode, can you explain Dash Hudson and who you are and your whole spiel? Yeah, so my name is Thomas. I'm the co-founder and CEO of Dash Hudson. Dash Hudson is a visual marketing software platform. So we work with the world's best brands, everybody from Amazon and Apple to Glossier and Kylie Cosmetics, and now even household names like Home Depot and Harley Davidson to help them grow across social and other digital channels by helping them to create, um, understand, share, and measure photos and videos. So um, if you see kind of a great video or a great photo on social or on website of any of those companies, we're probably the ones that help them choose that. So we're going to talk a little bit about kind of what's happening in the world right now with coronavirus and social media. But I'd love to know from you, Thomas, what trends are you seeing in terms of performance and kind of, um, you know, metrics on the platforms right now from any of the Dash Hudson clients you have? Time spent on social media is really up right now because people are at home and have more time to kind of play around on platforms. So what have you seen in the past couple of weeks? Um, any trends that you can share with us? Yeah, so we took a look at the data and I'm sure it's been shared elsewhere, but time on Instagram in particular is way up and actually engagement across the board is up. I think like always, there's certain brands that are kind of get it, like un really understand the way they should be communicating with people right now who are, you know, seeing outsized engagement. And for sure, there's brands who just haven't figured it out yet. So overall, we have seen time spent and engagement go up. Um, we are getting literally blown up every day. So we have in our Slack, we have like a customer requests channel, where when brands are speaking with our sales team or our customer success team, they're able to communicate to us what types of things they're looking for. Everybody wants data around IGTV and Instagram Live right now. Mm -hmm. If you were to see our Slack, it's just a steady stream of people looking for that data. So people are clearly spending a ton of time there um, and are looking for new ways to, to measure. Historically, there has not been that much data specifically around Instagram Live. It's sort of this like product this, that's been around for a few years. And definitely when I open my Instagram, that's all I see at the top of my screen at this point. What do you think are some of the more um, interesting KPIs that people should be looking at in terms of Instagram Live and IGTV? 
you know, with IGTV, it's really, are people watching? I think that's as kind of simple as it can Mm -hmm. be. I don't know if people expect as much engagement around IGTV from a, you know, kind of traditional engagement standpoint. Um, IG Live, I think, is an opportunity to get people to move beyond just whether or not people are watching it to actually get them engaged. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think people want to actually comment and give feedback on great uh, IG Live content. So, you know, nobody really knows, but that's that's kind of what my point of view is on it. A couple of things we were actually talking about yesterday in this workshop we did with filmmakers is like, when you see an Instagram video in your feed and it catches your attention just enough to watch it and maybe you haven't turned the sound on yet, like when that little pop-up comes up, that's like, do you want to watch the rest of this in IGTV? Like I, anecdotally, I'm, I think I only click that like 5% of the time. And I always like in my head because of who I am and what I do, I'm like, wow, they really got me like mm-hmm. someone's doing that right. So I feel like um, if, you know, if you are a brand or an account who all of your IGTV content you're sharing to your feed first, like to me, it's just like if views on IGTV are high, it means people liked it enough to click over. Which yeah. I think is really significant because I don't think anyone's going. Do they even have the IGTV standalone app anymore? I mean, if they do, I don't think anyone's like think so. going to that. And the thing I keep wondering about with lives is like to Julia's point, my whole Instagram highlights is like lives right now. And for me to watch an Instagram live, I have to like really care. Like I watched mm-hmm. um, Eva Chen like have a glass of wine over IG live with like who was it like Probel or one of like the, mm-hmm. the fashion guys, and like I was like, oh, like wow, this shows you how much I like Eva Chen that I'm just like watching this. But my question is like, are people, whether or not people watch them after, like I always watch something Navy's lives later because I like love her. Yeah. And again, to me, that's like the deepest kind of engagement to watch a live video someone Mm -hmm. did later. And that's how I always think about those two like things. Well, okay. So you guys know, I've been going on Instagram live and doing my social distancing dance breaks. Let's talk about (laughs) the metrics of your dance breaks. I want to know about it. So I've been kind of like aiming to do them between like 6 and 8 p.m. And I have like a bone to pick with Instagram because I keep getting, they keep like kicking me off of them because I'm using copyrighted music. And I feel like they, they have other things to deal with at this point. Like, let me live. What well, This is not the time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But so most of the time, my viewership like actually doubles when I share it to my story after. So people yeah. are tuning in. I, there's not enough metrics to know like how long people are staying, but I imagine people are kind of like dipping in and out. Um, maybe I have some loyal followers who are like watching me for the whole 30 minutes dance, but like on average, I get like twice the amount of people are watching in full the 24 hours later. So I think if people do mm-hmm. care about your content, they are like watching it, but yeah. I just am not confident that, you know, what Instagram is considering a view for an Instagram live is probably like a few seconds. I think it's totally. probably not that long. Yeah. Totally. Okay, Thomas. So to go back to KPIs for a little bit, since you're a business that's built on data, do you think that our listeners should be looking at um, different types of KPIs right now where people are consuming kind of content more than ever at this point? Should it change? Should it be the same as, you know, what it was a couple weeks ago? What do you think um, brands and publishers should be looking at right now in terms of um, metrics? So, you know, a brand typically is trying to sell you something, right? And 
Um, I just don't know if a lot of people are in the mood to buy stuff right now. And mm-hmm. a lot of companies, I think, are based on whatever their situation is, be they kind of more physical retail or more e-commerce, are just struggling in general. We're talking to companies every day, and believe me, they're really struggling. And so I think the hardest thing for a brand to do, first of all, is to kind of, in a time that's really difficult, where maybe they're really suffering on the business value, like on the revenue side, is to actually take a step back and not like push people to buy something. Mm-hmm. So I think that's number one is we're kind of we're kind of trying to work with our customers to understand that this is your opportunity to be patient and build some brand value by being real with people and engaging with them in a way that makes them feel better, educates them, as opposed mm-hmm. to kind of saying click to buy this product. Mm-hmm. So reducing the pressure and maybe lowering your expectations around the direct ROI you're going to get off of social and going back more toward pure engagement metrics. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think the biggest thing would be, you know, are people, you know, is your community uh, communicating with you? Are they, Mm -hmm. you know, talking to you through your social platforms because they are really, um, they're, you know, they really value the stuff that they're, they're sharing, that you're sharing with them. People remember brands that like make them feel good and like get their attention, but also brands that make them feel not good. Like I'm sort of like have this like list in the back of my mind of like the newsletters and content I've gotten during this time that feels really off. Yeah. Off could mean just like they're acting too much business as usual. Or, I mean, I guess that's it, right? It's like people who just like aren't acknowledging it, even if uh-huh. it's just like a little disclaimer at the top of your newsletters that are like, we hope you're okay. We know things are weird, but like maybe you still need sweatshirts. So we're going to keep like sending you offers for them. But like to just like not even acknowledge feels really bizarre to me. I think you nailed it. If you're not constantly acknowledging the situation and framing it that way, yes, we understand what you're going through, what we're yeah. all dealing with. Yeah, you know, I think people will immediately write you off. Totally. I think actually, like the brands that I've seen doing a good job at it are sort of like the smaller brands. And maybe that's because this might be impacting them more. But they're sort of having these deeper personal connections. And I think where I've seen it sort of fall off is larger corporations who might not have that intimate of a relationship with their customer. And they're kind of like sending out marketing messages when it feels kind of like not the time to do it. So I think, yeah, like right now is the time. It's not necessarily about growth, but it's about engaging with your community and making sure that they're being like seen and heard and felt through this time. And it's hard when you're under pressure as a business, but at Dash Hudson, for example, we kind of said, okay, this year is about taking care of each other, taking care of our current customers to make sure that they get through this and continuing to build a great product. It's changed from a pure growth mindset that we normally have. And we're just saying that's not the most important thing right now. I mean, we have the, we we're lucky enough that we're in the position where we can be a bit more patient. Not every company can be, but I think for those who can just be a bit more patient with people, I mean, we're only a few weeks into this as difficult as it's been. Um, A little bit of time needs to pass before, you know, before we can kind of start thinking again in pure business terms, I, I believe. Yeah, I totally agree. And I think if you're B2B, which probably less of your customers are, I would imagine, but I know some of our listeners are, is like, I think what we've been telling people is just like, 
provide value for your customers during this time. And they'll remember that. It's really the same as like the B2C advice, but it's just like different to your point. It's like B2C, just like don't be pushing sales on people. And I think B2B is like, what value can you provide for your existing customers who are continuing, you know, even if you're not adding as many new customers as you would be in a normal, you know, Q1, Q2, like when the dollars come back and when things start to activate again, like people are going to remember on the consumer side, like, right. like we just said, which brands made them feel good or didn't offend them. And in B2B, like who provided value for them? Yeah. We have a part of our kind of the, marketing and growth side of our business where typically we're reaching out to people to see if they would be interested in talking to us and we're always sharing content with them mm-hmm. but we've essentially turned that off because you know it just doesn't feel right to be like hey this right. is what we do let's jump on a call like it right. just doesn't feel right so what we've done instead is that team that's normally doing that is just creating content so they're doing mini webinars that we call coffee and content Right. They're reaching out to people, whether it's around one of our case studies or, you know, one of the companies that we've worked with. And it's just like, hey, we know you work in this industry. These are some things that we learned. Jump on. We'll do a super quick webinar and that's it. So it's just, you know, really transitioning to, like you said, just being more helpful. So that's, you know, our experience in B2B. But I think right. that's the type of approach that's needed across business right yep. now. Okay, I have a fun question. Um, I've definitely started to notice a few sort of newer products or platforms that have gained a lot of traction during this time. And I'd love to know from your perspective, sort of what you've seen. Um, Obviously, there's like, Zoom is booming right now. Like everyone is doing work calls through Zoom or Google Hangouts and with everybody working from home right now, those are obviously taking off. But I've also noticed, I don't know if you guys have heard of House Party, this app. No. I've heard of it, but I I thought it was like a Facebook app, but it's not. It's not a Facebook app. So it came out in 2016 and I remember it from like a few years ago when it first launched but interestingly with sort of this pandemic that's happening it's like boomed in the app store like it's one of the top apps in the app store right now and it's sort of I describe it like FaceTime but with games so you can FaceTime multiple people at once it's almost like a video chat like FaceTime and I think it's becoming really popular right now because Zoom and Google Hangouts are more for work calls. And this yeah. feels more like a social network. And it's like a little bit more mm-hmm. um, sort of like gamified. Like, so when you open the app, you're like in the house. That's what they call it. And you get a notification when your friends are in the house too. And you can just be on the app and like join anyone's house. And it's sort of this like random kind of like kind of like a chat roulette experience, but with just your friends, all of my friends are using it right now. So we like all do like house parties with each other multiple times a week and you can play like heads up and Pictionary and kind of fun games within it. Um, but it's just funny because it's been around for a couple of years now and it's really started to rise with this pandemic and it's like globally across across the entire world. And it really surged in Italy when Italy went on lockdown. So I just think it's like, interesting to see these sort of like newer not so new but like platforms kind of gaining some popularity during this time and thomas and isla i know that you have one too that i'd love for you to share us how how you're using kids messenger do you want to describe what Kids messenger is so it's 
um, this app that you can get where you can text and video chat your friends. And while you video chat, you can take photos, and there's also games as well. So it's like house party, but for kids. <laughs> and so, Isla, do you have, you're 10 years old, and you're in grade four, right? Mm-hmm. So do you yeah. have your own phone, or do you do it on your mom and dad's phone? I use the family iPad for it. Do you have to, like, make plans to meet up with friends on there, or can you, like, call them, like, a FaceTime or a phone call? Yeah, you can. So um, it's sort of like FaceTime, where you can call them, and then they either answer or they don't. Got it. And then you can leave them messages, yeah. like, through texting or videos and stuff like that? And there's these stickers that move, and there's, like, some that say, hi, okay. There's some that are crying. And there's a new sticker every day, you Yeah, said? there's a new filter every day. Every Ooh. week. Oh, every week. Every week yes. there's a new every filter. Every week. Were you using Kids Messenger before you were doing virtual learning at home? Yes, I was. You had a couple of friends on there, yeah. right? Uh-huh. And you would use it sometimes. Isla, tell us a little bit about, so school, so you're on the computer for school or on the iPad. Tell us a little bit about how that's going and, like, what it's like every day with your teacher. Um, So we get up, we have breakfast, we do our chores, then he blows the trumpet. (laughs) This is true. I still have my junior high trumpet, and that's the school bell. That's the school bell. I love it. Um, and then we go downstairs, and we usually do either, like, art. Sometimes we do schoolwork. Sometimes we've um, – the first few days we were doing um, experiments, and some of them exploded. Yeah, some kitchen science. <laughs> and so are you doing any like anything like this where the teacher talks and you watch them, or is it all, like, assignments you do with your parents? So they make up <laughs> – Whatever we come up yeah, with. Yeah, whatever they come up with. I'm trying to ask my friends who are teachers and also kids, like, would you like it if your teacher was on a video like this and you could, like, watch your teacher talk like you do in school from your desk? Like, would you like that? Or do you would you rather do each assignment, like, by yourself with your parents? I don't know. You don't know. Yeah. Do you have a set schedule for the day? So I know you get up and you eat breakfast and your dad plays the trumpet and then you go. (laughs) (laughs) At 10 is recess, and then after that, it's usually math, reading, writing, and then um, we eat lunch, and then it's another recess, and then it's quiet time, and then shows, and then the school day's over. I mean, it sounds good to me. And I was in French school, so we've been, yes, you've been watching, like, French documentaries. Got it. Does help, but does the app help you? Like, I imagine my my cousin um, Augustus is in first grade, and he's an only child, and his parents are lucky to have jobs where they can work from home, like us and your dad. But he told me the other day he's lonely because he like misses friends. And so, do you feel like the app, like you have your sister, so that's lucky. But like, is the app helping you like not feel too much like you're missing your friends? Or my best friend lives just down the street. Okay. And, uh, she was like one of the first people I had on the app. And yeah, we talk sometimes. That's good. That's good. I mean, her best friend's literally like eight houses down the street. Ten. I counted. 
Well, thank you, Isla, for sharing more about Kids Messenger. That was very enlightening for us. <laughs> yeah. Rach, have you seen any platforms that you're noticing in this time? I don't know. The biggest thing I've been wondering a lot about is why I was asking Isla is like, I have several friends that are teachers and obviously tons of friends with like school age kids. And like, I'm just shocked that they're not having the teachers live stream. And I don't mean that like to put pressure on the teachers. Okay. Because I think all the teachers are doing a great job, but I just feel like if I was 10 years old, I mean, a 10 year old could sit for an hour and watch their teacher talk to them and like I think they would be pretty well behaved you're used to like behaving in front of your teacher and like I just think that's like a better way to learn than for a lot of kids and like individualized assignments and I'm just surprised by how few schools I've heard that are doing that um, when there are all these technologies like zoom and like big marker and like all these things so that to me has been like the most surprising thing I think the public I know the public schools are concerned about accessibility Right. Because of course, that's the big thing. I mean, they've been trying to share like assignments and activities and things like that. And they're trying to figure it out, but they're, they're also not super innovative around here anyway, on the technology side. So yeah, it would be great if they could do that. Definitely. And maybe they'll get there before the end of the school year. We've said it before and we'll say it again. Dash Hudson is the best social tool out there. If you are working for a brand or a publisher and you want to understand your social media data, you need to get Dash Hudson, okay? So they have been so generous to share with all of y'all free access to 12 of their industry benchmarks. So this is a really, really important deep dive into Instagram data of over 1,500 leading brands They've done the work to help you determine the most important Instagram KPIs across 12 different industries. Whether you're in beauty, retail, travel, food, publishing, even financial services, they've got you covered with in-depth, detailed analysis of KPIs, what they are, why you need to track them, and who the leaders are in terms of engagement, growth, organic reach, and effectiveness across nearly every single industry. So the way that you can get this is by going to dashhudson.com slash do you follow. You'll get access to 12 industry benchmarks and you'll be an even better social marketer than you already are from listening to this podcast. You already know we're obsessed with Dash Hudson and what they do. And we're excited that they have teamed up with us to bring you these industry benchmarks. So head over to dashhudson.com slash do you follow to get access to 12 industry benchmarks and you can become the world's best social marketer. Easy as that. Okay, now I think we can get into some fun games. And Thomas, we're going to play our namesake game first, which is do you follow? Yeah. So this is where each of us shares an account. You can pick more than one if you'd like that you think we should follow and our listeners should follow. This can be on any platform and this should be, we'd like to focus um, on examples of brands or influencers who are trying something new and sort of doing something innovative using their platforms during this time. So if you have someone, you can go first since you're our guest. Sure. Yeah. So I have a couple um, for different reasons. So the first is, Lisa Freestyle. So she's on Instagram. So it's at Lisa Freestyle. She's a a young woman from Paris who is 
like the most incredible soccer freestyler that I've ever seen. And normally what she does is she travels around the world and she's now like sponsored by Nike and all this kind of stuff. And she goes and basically like challenges usually dudes like on the street, like or in some park and just looks somewhat completely silly. Anyway, she's like her skill is off the charts and now she's doing stuff at home, which is really fun. So I love, I'm a huge soccer fan and I'm really sad because there's nothing to watch right now. Yeah. Lisa freestyle is still doing her thing. So that's, that's number one. And then number two, it's like kind of a basic one, but Pitchfork, um, the music site. So at Pitchfork, because I have lots of time while I'm working now to listen to music. And so I'm always kind of music for me is kind of a place to go at a time like this, where you kind of get to disconnect a little bit. Um, And Pitchfork always has great uh, music recommendations. The last one is, so I'm totally out of the TikTok demographic, although as with all social platforms that will change. (laughs) And um, so I've been spending a, bit of time on TikTok just because I'm curious. It's so fun. <laughs> it's so fun. And just TikTok in general, I think this is like the moment for TikTok because totally. the whole thing about TikTok is people in their bedrooms doing stuff. You yeah. know what I mean? <laughs> and now none of us can leave our homes. So it's like TikTok is actually the perfect thing. Plus it's just fun and people are looking for something that's just fun right now. Mm-hmm. So I think this is TikTok's real moment to kind of explode. But Anyway, there's this account on TikTok. Uh, it's, uh, let me read it out properly here. So it's at the dot McFarlands, M-C-F-A-R-L-A-N-D-S, the McFarlands. And so it's this family, mostly focusing on the father and his two sons. I've and seen them. Uh, it's amazing. Incredible. Anyway, they recently did the blinding lights challenge. Yes, that's how I found them. I watched it like a hundred times because it just makes me happy every time I watch it. The dad is so good. He's so good. He's so funny. And um, <laughs> yeah, so Lisa Freestyle, Pitchfork, and the McFarlands on TikTok. Those <laughs> are good so one. good. Okay, I'm going to do one from Instagram. Have you guys heard of morning songs? M-O-U-R-N-I-N-G songs. Like morning, like sad? Yes. So this guy is a songwriter. And last year, his dad died, which is really sad. But he decided to use Instagram to make a new song every single day. That was sort of like a way to like grieve his father and he did it for 365 days in a row and he actually got like an NBC pilot pickup from it and he decided to come back when coronavirus was happening so he started to do like coronavirus songs with his family and it's so if you like musicals or like musical comedy it's very uplifting and heartwarming and also funny like he finds sort of the humor in really kind of like sad stuff um, but he does it every single day and it's like, I always go and watch all of his videos. It's so good. So that's cool. my follow. You know what I'm going to do for follow? So speaking of TikTok, what I've been doing is I feel like TikTok's discovery feed is like the only discovery feed that I, the only feed generally that I like right now because yeah. my Twitter feed and my Instagram have become so like 
the stuff at the top of my feed I'm not interested in. But what happens is it came like once and I looked at it because it was at the top of my feed. So now Instagram and Twitter think I like it. And mm-hmm. actually, I'm like very, very bored with what's in my feed right now. Mm-hmm. So I will say that TikTok, like my feed itself is like so much more interesting to me because it feels like new stuff all the time. Yeah. But what I've been doing is like following the songs. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So there's this one. It's called Moi Moi, basically. M-U-A, M-U-A. And it's like a song and it's like this little like cute little like high pitched song and they like just all the videos on it are just like pinching and squishing like baby faces and like baby cheeks. So I'm like following this like song and this like tag. So like on TikTok, like I haven't found like the way um, Thomas was talking about um, like accounts like that mm-hmm. I'm like dedicated to, but I'm dedicated to like certain like challenges and like songs. Yeah. But it's interesting. We were chatting about TikTok through the Dash Hudson Slack and Kayla, who uh, is on our team, just for fun, she's been doing some of the challenges at home and sharing with the, them with the team, posting them on TikTok. Right. And she actually got a bunch of engagement around one of the videos that she did. And she's convinced it's because of the song she used, she ended up on the song discover page. Yeah, that's exactly it. Yeah, I would not have necessarily thought of that right away. Mm-hmm. But it, even versus like the hashtag or just getting shown, it was actually people finding it off of the song page. So I like, right. So what ha- will happen is like, I'll see something in my Discover feed, then I'll f- save the song. Mm-hmm. And then that's what starts, that's what I'm following are like these songs yeah. and challenges. So it's like the squishy baby face, the plank, <laughs> and then the taka taka. <laughs> <laughs> in the show notes but um I know. it's unbelievable how how sucked in i get to it way way more than anything on instagram or twitter you know okay our next game is called social roulette i changed the name of this rachel because i right. want it to be more than just instagram roulette great but this is where thomas you're gonna pick any social platform and we have to go to the last posts that we took an action on. So if this was TikTok, it would be like a saved TikTok. If this was Twitter, it would be like a tweet that we liked or bookmarked. Um, and then we have to say what that post is and what it's about and why we follow them or why we saved it. Let's go. Let's go TikTok. All right. So we're going to look at our liked or saved TikToks okay. and we can pick any of them. Me first? Yeah, yeah. you first. I mean, I'm going to be easy. It was the McFarlane's doing the uh, blinding lights challenge. It was yeah. so good. Did you see they did the bloopers of it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that was funny. Yeah. It was so, it's so amazing. You get these ridiculous performances and then you get it behind the scenes and it's just, it's, it's fantastic. Yeah. But yeah. That, I keep going back to it. So that's my, yeah, that's my most recent one. Oh, I think Barstool Sports has been. So they're like the obviously pizza thing is so good. The what? They've been reviewing frozen pizzas. Yeah. It's so good. <laughs> it's, it's so, so good. smart. And it, he does that like at actual pizza places, but because we're in quarantine, I he's know. now doing frozen pizzas, which is amazing. But okay, so my TikTok that was saved, Barstool has been doing and I've noticed a lot of like media companies are doing this. They're sort of like using it like Tumblr and that they're curating funny like video memes and just resharing them. Um, Mm -hmm. This one actually looked like it was taken from Snapchat. So it was just like talking about distance learning and how like their teacher is this like 
like older woman who just like didn't know how to use Zoom. And it was just like, she was like, basically talking about how this is like crazy. And she was like, everyone, all of you guys look like little postage stamps on my screen. Like what is going on? It was so funny. (laughs) But Barstool has been doing some very good, like curated meme content on TikTok. So that was my last one. (laughs) Well, a lot of the ones I'm saving, like I feel like you were saying with the McFarlane's, like I have a really, I really get along with my parents and my brother. And I think they're like fun and funny. So a lot of the ones where people are like, at home doing goofy stuff like really resonates with me. And so I saved this one. This account is called Brandon Walsh. I have no idea what this guy is. And he used his sister as a mop. And I just thought this was the funniest thing I had ever seen in my life. I laughed about it for like 45 minutes. Like this is the stuff that's like, and the, or there's this one where this kid puts his sweatshirt on backwards and goes in the fridge and scares his mom. Like I could watch that stuff forever. I I just feel like that's like my house, like just like messing with my mom a little bit. So all these like people at home just bored out of their minds, like not knowing all these college. Yeah. Every think of every college boy who's home right now there's no sports they're just like doing goofy stuff on tiktok it's like an ama- it's the amazing time for tiktok uh, i love tiktok i think it's so me creative me too Ugh, i know so it makes me feel good about like humanity that people are this creative thomas are you finding a lot of your brands are getting on tiktok and wanting to be on it and do you have any examples of any dash hudson brands who are using it well Yes, I think a number of them are trying to figure it out. Um, A number of our fast fashion brands have kind of jumped on. They tend to be ones that jump on to new platforms more quickly, like like Boohoo would be an example. Mm -hmm. So yeah, slowly, but you you guys know what it's like having seen multiple social platforms kind of take Mm -hmm. off. It takes a long time for people to kind of get it enough that they're willing to jump in. Mm -hmm. So it's happening slowly, but we're getting a lot more requests for, you know, insight into what other brands are doing. And then also, are you going to have TikTok analytics? I also think TikTok sponsored content is some of the best that I've seen. It feels so Mm -hmm. native to the platform. Like sometimes Mm -hmm. I'm scrolling and I don't even realize it's an ad. Well, we're lucky though. I think the thing with TikTok is there's two types of content. Mm-hmm. that's doing really well there's like people creating stuff like I use my sister as a mop or I did the plank challenge or like whatever but then there's like edited together things so like we're up we're doing combination like we did some transformations with a dress designer in person and those are hard they're not easy to do yeah. and then we're also uploading like really viral wedding videos and both of those things are doing really well so I've seen a lot of wedding videographers and wedding photographers upload content and then people are also making sort of like these photo like montages to music Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think if you're like a fashion brand right now and like you can't ship people product or people can't leave their house to like make sort of some of the content they'd want to do, like that's what I would advise people to look at. Like what are some of the like perf- the uploaded content and like how are people editing things together in interesting ways? Yeah. Okay. I think that's our episode. That was so fun. Thomas, <laughs> thank you for coming on the podcast and Isla. This is so great. We're going to share all the details about the special Dash Hudson offer that you guys can get. But Thomas is so generous to give all of our listeners free access to some really insightful industry benchmarks. So stay tuned for how you can access that. And Thomas, where can people find you and Dash Hudson if they want to learn more? 
Yeah, so um, at Dash Hudson, D-A-S-H-H-U-D-S-O-N on Instagram and um, and across social platforms. And then on Instagram, I'm T-H-X-X-M-X-X-S, Thomas. Private account, but I'll add you. <laughs> Amazing. Thank you so much, Thomas. We'll see you, you in person hopefully soon. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Take care. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Do You Follow Podcast. We want more of your questions, especially right now in the time of coronavirus when we know so many of y'all, the brands that you're working for, you might have to pivot, you might need help with messaging and campaigns that you're working on. So we want to help you. If you have really specific questions about challenges you're navigating during this time in social media and influencer marketing, please DM me and Rachel. I'm at jdelphine. Rachel is at Rachel Joe Silver, and we'd love to help you. You can also email doyoufollowpodcast at gmail.com. We can take your questions and answer them anonymously if you don't want uh, people to know who you are, but we can also help you promote your brand if you'd like that too. Um, but we want to help you, so please make sure to reach out to us. Um, and also, if you haven't already, check out dashhudson.com slash follow. Thomas has been so generous to give all of you listeners access, free access to 12 of their industry benchmarks, so you'll get to dive deep into Instagram data of over 1,500 brands. Brands. You'll understand the most important Instagram KPIs that you should be looking into. You'll get to see who some of the industry leaders are in your area. You'll understand things like the most important engagement rates and effectiveness and, and kind of how to structure your strategy. So check that out, dashhudson.com slash do you follow, and we'll see you guys soon. Thanks.